Hello, Meow Mentors. This is Cat Lady Justin, and this is the Kitty Boss, where we pick, pamper, and protect your practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love. So, everyone, if you have cats, then you know that Christmas can be a dangerous time of year. From tinsel to candles, there are so many potential hazards. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the risks and how to keep your cat's safe. So if you want to make sure your pet has a safe and happy holiday season, then this is the episode for you. So let's get started and bring on our very special guest for our monthly catch-up, Dr. Rachel Geller, who brings with her all the expertise that we need to protect our pets properly for a lifetime of unconditional love during this holiday season. So we'll bring on Dr. Rachel Geller, cat behaviorist, cat chaplain, and we will talk about Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, and all the other holidays that are big around the world during this particular time of year as we're recording this in December. So Dr. Rachel, welcome to the Kitty Boss and our catch up. Yeah, so happy to be here, Justin. Thanks for inviting me to talk about these really great topics. Yeah, of course. And we really appreciate, of course, the knowledge and expertise that you bring from a behavioral standpoint and, of course, other other standpoints as well, health standpoint, everything else, because, uh, you know, we want to protect our cats, don't we? And the holiday time is a really interesting time. So, for example, in my household, we have a stocking for myself, a stocking for that special someone, a stocking for Emily and a little stocking for Charlotte. So two big stockings and two little stockings because yeah, there is something for the cats. I'm not sure what our friends Rita and Linda do uh, or or specifically, I think it's Rita who has the 19 or seven cats uh, or is it Linda? I'm not sure who has that one. One I believe has six, the other has 19. Six I guess is manageable. (laughs) But I don't know what she does with 19 unless she has a giant like Disney style uh, fireplace or something because that's a lot of stockings. But uh, anyway, so I do that. And of course, uh, the cats, my cats, are they ignore those things. So that's there's no hazard there for them. Uh, but for other people, I know that, um, you know, I, I've put up a tree before. I don't really do that now. And Charlotte used to love to climb in there. Uh, she never really knocked bobbles off or anything like that, but I know that's an issue for some people. Uh, Emily used to just like to lay under under the thing uh, on a little on the little blanket that I put there. So the tree is a good place to start because there's a lot of people that are putting up their trees now, or yeah. possibly they put it up a little bit early before now. But uh, it'll also be up probably for a while and maybe a few, couple weeks to a month after the Christmas holiday is finished. Uh, so what can we do? Or, or what do we need, really need to keep in mind around the tree, aside from the obvious, the glass and the baubles and the uh, potential electricity if we put those little uh, shiny lights around the, the tree? So what should we watch out for around the tree for our people who celebrate Christmas? Yeah, and I'm glad you started off with the tree because that's a good place to start. So, um, you know, for the Christmas tree itself, if you have a real tree, which I know a lot of people do, be really careful with that, you know, the the water that the tree is actually in. So this water may have some pesticides, 
there may be fertilizer, there may be other chemicals. So, you know, let's just start right from like the basics that you, as you're keeping your tree alive, you want to make sure that that is safe for your cats. So be, be certain to keep your cat away from um, the, the water that the tree is in. So to do that, you know, you might want to have some type of barrier around your tree. Um, you can set up a barrier in various different ways. It can be physical, such as a lattice or some type of objects around the tree. You can use bitter sprays. There are all kinds of products on the market. If you do a, a Google search on sprays and items that you can place around the tree that are completely non-toxic to cats, but their smells or tastes that a cat just doesn't really like. Um, there are even products that um, when the cat gets too close, they're motion activated and they um, will send out like a compressed air sound. It sounds like a hiss. So if the cat gets too close to the tree, you know, they'll hear this hissing sound, which they don't really like, and they'll back away. So make sure there's some type of barrier, whether it's a spray, an object, a motion-detected-based um, thing to keep your cat away from the tree itself, um, because the the um, water that the, that the tree is in could be harmful. Your, your cat may not realize it, go to take a drink. It may be enticing for your cat. And also you don't want your cat to be anywhere near the needles, whether real or artificial. So that- So is, uh, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but we got a helpful person on Facebook uh, alerting us that the podcast audio is going in and out and it's in, inaudible. So it's not intelligible for them. So I think uh, we're going to, I, and I, I'm assuming it's true on the other platforms. I don't have a way of checking it. Uh, so I think we're going to end the broadcast now because there's no point in, in that, uh, in us investing all of that time for something that's inaudible. Yes. Uh, and I also don't have a way of checking whether the recording is going to be audible and perfect. And it's just the particular audio stream that's cutting in and out. So if you're listening to this and you can hear it perfectly, I have, I'm sorry. But as far as I can tell and I'm being made aware of, it's not audible at the moment. So we're going to end the broadcast now and uh, possibly do a recording. We'll discuss it, which we'll then upload to the Kitty Boss podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the rest uh, later, probably t tomorrow or something. But uh, we'll, we'll have to do it on a recorded basis as opposed to a live streamed basis because obviously the stream is not working. Oh, but I'm told it's better now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't. I, I'm not sure what we should do at that at this point because if it's in and out, and then it's better, and then it, maybe it goes in and out again. Um, yeah, no, I, I believe you, whoever you are, because unfortunately, again, the this particular program only shows me Facebook user, uh, maybe because you didn't click um, where it says grant uh, StreamYard permission or something like that. So I don't know who's saying this, but whoever it is, thank you. Uh, it's now okay. So Rachel, what would you like to do? Since I, I need to respect your time as well, would you should we continue and hope for the best, or uh, should we end it and uh, just do it on a recorded basis? What's your preference well if people can't hear it right i guess it makes sense to probably um, yeah but but this person says it's it, they can hear us now so it, it's now. okay now so that's why i'm saying should we should so we take a risk we, that it keeps on so why don't we why don't we we redo the first question and okay. if it sounds fine to this person then we'll keep on going and um this way they can let us know 
Okay, that sounds great. So, okay. uh, my friend, whoever is it is that's uh, listening and alerting us to the pro- potential problem, we're going to start over again. <laughs> we're going to take a breath and start again. Address this first question, this first issue that we have from the beginning, and you can let us know whether it's uh, you can stop me at any time. Uh, there might be a delay, obviously, but stop me at any time and let me know. Wait, wait, it's choppy again. I I can't hear you again. And then and then we'll we'll give up at that point and uh, find another route to get to you and get you this information. Okay, so uh, rewind and uh, starting from the beginning, what we were discussing is the very important issue of the tree. And you brought up, it's perfect now, according to this person. So <laughs> let's just keep going then. Okay. Uh, so the, the tree, uh, people celebrate Christmas or some people celebrate Christmas, certainly, and they have a tree. And in my house, we used to do that. I don't do it today. I haven't done it this year and in a number of years, but I put up a tree, a fake one. And luckily, I never had a problem with baubles being knocked off or any of that kind of stuff. Charlotte used to, as a kitten, like to go and climb in it. And then she would be like one of the baubles. You'd see all these Christmas ornaments and then you'd see a little kitten face in there. And it was really cute. Uh, Emily never got into it, but she would like sleep underneath the tree. So there's, of course, though, the obvious risk of knocking the glass uh, ornaments off and potentially the little electricity running through those little fairy lights, we call them here. Uh, and there's, of course, the uh, Christmas lights or whatever in the rest of the world. So th- that can be risky. Uh, and then, of course, you brought up what happens if there's a real tree that many, many people choose to bring in. And I did mention, of course, that we have uh, stockings. And again, I never had an issue with the cats going after the Christmas stockings because, you know, in my house, we uh, we have two uh, big ones for the two big humans and then two little ones, one for Emily and one for Charlotte. So uh, that's kind of a cute little thing that we like to do. Um But let's talk about the tree to begin with and the potential risks for our friends, our feline friends, with the tree. Yeah. So if you do have a real tree in your in your home or your apartment, um, the one thing you want to really think about is that the water that the tree is in, um, the water may have pesticides, the water may have fertilizer, the water may have some other chemicals to help keep the tree fresh. So your cat's not going to realize that. Your cat's going to just see water and it may be enticing for your cat. So you really want to make sure you keep your cat away from um, the water that the Christmas tree is physically in. So you can do that in many different ways. You can set up a physical barrier around the tree. You can use one of my favorite things for barriers for cats in general is um, those lattices, those white lattices that people use in their gardens. You can get them at any kind of like garden supply store. Um, most of them will cut cut them to size. So you can put a physical barrier around the tree. It can be a lattice. It could be some luggage. It could be some storage containers, anything that kind of keeps your cat away. But you can also use um, a spray that has a smell or a scent that um, cats do not find appealing. And if you do a Google search, there's all kinds of sprays and things with bitter smells that cats don't like that you can just put around the periphery of the tree. Um, There are also products that are just compressed air. They're motion activated. And if a cat gets too close, it lets out a a puff that sounds like a hiss. And that's a way to keep a cat away from places that you don't want her to be as well. So keep that cat away from the water. You can use a physical barrier. You can use a scent barrier. You can use a sound barrier. 
Now, Justin, I can't hear you. That's because I had it on mute. Uh, you couldn't hear me because I was on mute because I was coughing earlier and I didn't want to cough into the microphone. So let me read what this little comment is that I've put up there because it's actually really interesting now that we're talking about the tree. Um, the, our friend says, I got a real tree. I cut it in half and used the top half for a tabletop tree. And I used the bottom half to make a wreath. And the water is covered by a tree skirt. So if you can, if you can visualize that, what they, uh, what they were doing there, that's actually a pretty cool idea. It incorporates the barrier. Yeah. Actually, you get a wreath out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then you get a tree out of it. So uh, it sounds like a really cool idea. I'm not sure if you have a picture of, of that tree because I'd love to see it because I, 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 I kind of get what you're saying from the description there. But it, uh, being visual, I'd love to see it. So if you can post that in, in the Kitty Boss Facebook group uh, and, and tag us in there, then uh, then I'd like to see this because it sounds really cool. I, I'd really like to see this particular thing that you've devised, which is a, a great idea. I would have never thought to do anything like that because, yes. like I said, normally go for the fake ones. But uh, that sounds much prettier than my solution. Yes, so, very clever. And like you said, she used the physical barrier and, you know, Got a wreath. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Got a wreath out of it. Yeah. And a natural physical barrier made out of the skirt. So yeah. it's, it's a really, really pretty brilliant idea, I have yeah, to say. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, so that's the tree. Now, now, what about if you're if you're like me and you put up a fake tree, an artificial tree? I know some people object to that. Other people object to the real ones. So so let's let's make sure everyone is is angry with us <laughs> and let's see what we do. What would you suggest with the real tree? Because obviously, you know, there's the glass for the ornaments and the electricity yes. from the tree lights or from yes. the lights. That's that's a given. Uh, there's no water because uh, you don't need to water a, a fake tree. If you do, you're in trouble. Um, and uh, then there is, of course, potentially tinsel and other things that go in the tree um, that possibly could be a, a choking hazard or something else for the cat. So what is there that we need to keep in mind for the artificial ones? Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, you really want to be careful with ornaments because they could cause a, you know, a GI obstruction or some type of GI distress. Um, so you really want to be sure to keep those ornaments out of reach. Um, I always suggest to avoid ribbons and tinsel because they're, you know, cats are attracted to sparkly things. And we really don't want our cats to be ingesting tinsel or, or ribbon or anything like that. Those are, those are the types of things that cats find difficult to pass. And you may be finding yourself in the ER, which we don't want to do during the holiday season, especially. Um, if you're thinking about things like, um, you know, lighting up the tree, you know, again, electrical cords, make sure there are no exposed wires, make sure the electrical cords aren't accessible to your cat. Some cats love to chew cords. They like to chew wires. You know, some cats just have that pica habit. So if you do have a cat who is like that, make sure they're covered, make sure nothing is exposed at all. Um, and again, um, if you have anything that lights up, whether it's artificial or something like candles, those those definitely need to be completely out of reach for your cat because that's a clear 
a clear danger as well. So I, I often tell people just make sure that ornaments are on like the top half of the tree. They don't have to be all the way at the bottom and, you know, make sure everything is secure and make sure your cats don't have access to any exposed wires or electrical cords. Yeah, and that's a good point and a good interesting uh, thing you brought up regarding candles, because of course some people love candles, and for people who are not celebrating Christmas, but maybe celebrating Hanukkah, uh, in that holiday we have candles. We have more than one candles on a uh, menorah or Hanukkah or whatever you want to call it, uh, whichever version you have in your home. Uh, you're going to be lighting those candles for many days. Uh, but even if, if you're not, many people just love candles almost throughout the year or Christmas scented ones this year uh, towards this holiday. So candles are, are definitely a thing and they're definitely an issue. So those are uh, now whenever I've had any kind of candle in the house, the cats have not gravitated towards it at all. They've not sort of taken an interest in these things. But of course, I know some cats do. So what would you suggest uh, with regards to candles? Yeah, you're right. I mean, some cats really couldn't care less. There are other cats who need to sniff and inspect everything in the house because they're just, they're, they're just curious. <laughs> so I really always say never leave candles on unattended. I mean, that's probably a good rule of thumb anyway, but especially if you have a cat that may be interested or, you know, maybe she doesn't even go to the candle, but she wants to look at it from a perch or a view and she inadvertently knocks something off, you know, towards the candle. So just kind of think in general, I always tell people just imagine, you know, your cat is a toddler and what type of safety, you know, things would you do? You, most people would, would really, really know not to leave a candle burning with like a three-year-old around, but somehow they forget about that stuff when they come, when it comes to their cat. So mm -hmm. don't leave any burning candles, you know, unattended, if you do have a cat or, or any other pet or, or yeah. <laughs> we'll just cover all the faces here. <laughs> but I would suggest that it's not even uh, like if you have a toddler, it's if you have like a toddler who can fly because, <laughs> yes. because yeah. uh, cats can reach very, very high plate. Cause you might think, Oh, I have a toddler. So of course, when I light candles, I put them high up on a high shelf that the toddler has absolutely no way of getting to it. With a cat, you can't really do that because they are so clever. If they want to get somewhere, nine times out of ten, they can access that place. They can figure a route to get there. Yes. Uh, so it's like it's a, as if you had a toddler who can fly. Uh, and yeah. I think that's really important. And the other thing you said is really important, too, because like even though my cats have never, neither Emily nor Charlotte have ever gotten interested in candles or anything, Charlotte has a big, long, fluffy, swishy tail, and that tail gets everywhere. It gets in my nose, in my eye, ever you know. But it also will swish things around, and she will knock things around by accident yeah. with that big, fluffy tail. Yeah. And if there was a candle on a shelf somewhere, and Charlotte was not interested in the candle, but just you know wants to sit beside it or just somehow get on the shelf, that tail would most likely flick that candle off the shelf so it's really uh, sometimes not even on purpose it's yeah. sometimes the cats are either clumsy or like charlotte they have this tail that like gets everywhere yeah. this magical tail so i think it's really important to be aware of that uh even if your cat is not that type and and you trust your cat not to do it it, it might happen inadvertently by accident, just like you might have an accident like that. So, and because the cat would not be able to use the fire extinguisher or call 911 or 999, depending on the country that you're in, uh, 
it's best not to ever leave that kind of thing unattended. But there's one more thing when it comes to candles that I can think of that um, maybe not so uh, relevant to the Hanukkah candles, but definitely relevant to all of the scented candles uh, that we like. And that is those very scents. Uh, those scents can be sometimes very pleasant and lovely, other times not so much. Usually we buy them because we like them. Those scents sometimes are natural, sometimes they're very healthy and very healing. Sometimes they can be quite toxic uh, to humans as well, but never mind about that because that's a whole other soapbox that we could talk about for a very long time. But the truth is, is that cats are very sensitive to what they smell, more so than humans. And uh, that particular, a, a strong odor, a strong scent that might be very pleasant could actually end up a, being unpleasant for a cat, but could also end up being toxic for a cat. And they could end up with, you know, a digestive problem or a respiratory problem or worse. So... I, I wanted to bring that up because um, it's something that we forget a lot. Like like lavender, for example, is great. It's soothing. It helps you sleep. It's not that bad for cats, but it's not one. Of, it's not a, a, a thing you, you need to liberally uh, give to your cat. It's yeah. not healthy for cats the way it is for humans. Uh, so we need to be careful with different scents. There are certain citrus scents that cats yeah. will not like at all. It won't kill them, so it's okay. But don't be offended if your cat like avoids your room if you're burning a citrus-scented candle. Um, and then there are, of course, scents that can be quite uh, toxic to a cat. Anything in the lily family. It's not just eating the, the thing. It's it's the pollen. It's the scent. It's all of that kind of stuff that could be harmful to your cat. And yeah, it'll be very, very small dose. So I doubt that if you burn a sort of lily of the valley scented candle that it would kill your cat, but it could cause it some health complications that then you and the vet will sit there thinking, how did the cat get this? Well, you know, it's, <laughs> you never think to mention this lovely, gorgeous lily of the valley scented candle that you have burning 24-7. So we need to keep that in mind, um, is that the scents can potentially pose a risk to our cats in the candles. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially like you said, the lemon, the orange, you know, and all those different flower scents can, you know, and even if, like you said, even if your cat doesn't get physically ill, we definitely don't want our cats feeling, you know, distressed or um, maybe nauseous, things like that. I mean, yeah, nobody needs that. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, certainly that's not pleasant, yeah. and and yeah. we don't want to have to figure out the mystery of why our cats are sick. So just be aware of that, yeah. and be careful what you are putting into the air or putting into your living room or wherever. Now, there. So when it comes to the holiday seasons, whether again this time it's whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah, it doesn't matter. We always have special foods, and uh, ah, we have a very interesting question. Okay, before we move on to the food. Somebody has asked me about incense, which is actually something that I like. I like incense myself. Uh, I, I like very fine, natural, very, very high quality incenses. I don't like just the cheapest you know, stuff that you can buy that's probably not real incense. I like real Ayurvedic uh, incense, which I think is great uh, for me. <laughs> but how about for the cats? I think it's going to be a very similar uh, rule as to the candles or essential oils or anything, including incense. It's going to be a similar rule to that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, stay away again from those scents that we know are toxic to cats. And I would also say, um, just make sure you stay away from the, like some are more smoky than others. You know, some really um, create kind of a big smoky haze. So those you might want to be a little more, you know, careful with, maybe not use it quite as often. Um, you can always open up a, a window a little bit too, but you know, in general, um, think about, stay away from citrus, lemon, orange, um, and super smoky incenses, and I think you'll be okay. Cool. Yeah. So that's the, you know, covers the whole... good question. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really good one. Cause, uh, cause, uh, of course I like it. So <laughs> I didn't think to bring that up. So thank yeah. you for adding that in there and enhancing our little discussion here. Uh, so that's, uh, inside. So now, now I'd like to talk a little bit about the food because food is a big part of all of our holidays. Uh, whether that is, uh, you know, in, in the UK, for example, what we call Christmas pudding, which is not American pudding. It's not like a gelatinous substance. It's actually basically like a wet fruit cake, <laughs> basically very, very wet, very wet. Uh, and it's pretty good. I like it. If it's done well, if it's organic, if it's not laced with, uh, you know, uh, nitrites and all these other ridiculous chemicals that they love to put in our food nowadays, if it's a natural good, it can be delicious or mince pies, mince again, it's not beef mince. It's a mince of various fruits and nuts. Uh, again, same same rule of thumb. If it's a good organic one, I love it. Otherwise, it's it can be quite foul. But uh, we have those kind of foods uh, over you know the Christmas season, and then of course there's the hams and the turkeys and the goose. Christmas goose is a great tradition as well. And we need to watch out when we cook these things. Uh, we oftentimes will cook it with things that are not good for our cats. So yeah. even though uh, cats, of course, can have any meat, they can have ham, beef, chicken, doesn't matter, cats are carnivores. They're obligate carnivores, meaning that they have to have meat. Uh, you can't have a vegetarian or vegan cat, they would die. But it's sometimes the herbs and the spices that we add into it that actually might actually be very harmful for the cat. So we need to keep that in mind. Sweet potatoes, fine for cats. Um, other vegetables, depends which ones. You know, the onion family, not so much. Yeah. Uh, so we need to watch out with our meals, what we share with it. See, a, a dog is often like a garbage disposal at the table because they can, they can eat most things that we can eat. Not everything, like chocolates, deadly for dogs if you have a dog. But, um, but cats are not like that at all are they yeah so that's a good point so most people they know you know stay away from on keep your cats away from onions keep your cats away from chocolate most people know raisins um avocados to some extent can be toxic to your cat so people kind of have that a lot of people have that knowledge but what they forget about which i'm so glad you brought it up is they could be present in other food so you're thinking to, to yourself well my cat can have a little turkey with the gravy on it you know that's meat but maybe the gravy has onion in it maybe the gravy has garlic in it so i'm i always err on the side of caution and i'm really not um i'm not a big fan of giving your cat a lot of table scraps just because well especially in my case a lot of times i get holidays um catered because i'm not a great cook so i may not know exactly what little spices or things are added to 
the food. So I just I just stay away. If you know you have a piece of lean turkey that's completely plain, you know you've cooked it. A little a little bit of turkey or something like that is fine. But just be super duper sure that you're not thinking.、Um, you know, you're staying away not just from like the things that you know, but it,、um, dishes that may have ingredients that you're not a hundred percent super duper sure what is in that dish.、Um, and I really want to let、um, your viewers know that if you do inadvertently or your cat mistakenly gets into Something maybe you, you're not sure your cat might might be seeming to be sick. Maybe she has diarrhea. There are all kinds of、um, hotlines that you can call at no cost and ask an expert. You know what what's going on with your cat. So ASPCA has a poison hotline that you can call, and the number is eight 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 four two six four four three five. And that I think that's a great resource for people to have. Better safe than sorry. You know, you might think something is going on. You're not sure. You want to run it by somebody who's a professional.、Um, the ASPCA does have a hotline just for that purpose. Yeah, and that's a really good point because、uh, I'm just looking it up now. Because if you're in the U.S., of course, the ASPCA has this hotline and this information ready to hand. And if you're in the U.K., it's called the RSPCA. It's a similar organization, except instead of being the American, it's the Royal RSPCA.、Uh, <laughs> so they have, they definitely have a.、Uh, Assistance for animals, advice and guidance for animals, or、uh, I don't know if they have a specific poison hotline, but they have a sort of a veterinary emergency hotline that you can、uh, talk to and that you can get advice from.、Uh, it's but it's not even just、uh, talk to and get advice from. You can actually get what's called signposted to、uh, a vet. There's even、uh, emergency vets、um, and vets for.、Uh, In this country, for the UK, for people who don't have money, so basically free vet service. It's called the PDSA. The PDSA.、Uh, again, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it stands for. I, I should know, and I used to know,、um, but it's、uh, it's for people on low income to get veterinary care for their animals.、Uh, so you need to、uh, to do that. Now, as we're talking about food,、um, I'd like to uh, just. Uh, Take a look at this little thing that I have. It's on my phone, so if I'm looking down, if you're watching this on video on YouTube or、uh, the live stream, that's what I'm looking at. Our friends at Bella and Duke, which is a wonderful、uh, food for animals, both dogs and cats. It's what my cats eat currently.、Um, if you want to find out more about that, just Direct message me, DM me, and I'll talk to you about it.、Uh, it is, of, of course, if you're in the UK, which is where I reside. In the US, there's other great food suppliers, but if you're in the UK, just let me know. But that's not what this episode is about. But they had a newsletter, and in this newsletter, it was、uh, all about cats and、uh, Christmas dinner. So it's really important to know. So they have a very helpful list um, uh, of the foods that are absolutely toxic. To cats, Christmas foods, and of course, I mentioned mince pies. I love Christmas cake, Christmas pudding, chocolate, artificial sweeteners. I forgot to mention that because there's none in my house.、Uh, <laughs> cooked turkey bones. So these are the things that are alcohol. toxic. Alcohol too is important. Alcohol, yeah, yeah. So these are the things that, that they say is.、Um, 
uh, toxic to cats. So the, the uh, and, and the reason they put turkey bones in there is simple is because once it's cooked, the bone becomes brittle and can cause splinters. And the splinters is what can, you know, kill your cat internally. Obviously, if it's not cooked and something is raw, the cat can eat it and does in nature. So there's there is the things that are absolutely toxic for cats. But then they've also categorized a bunch of things that are unsuitable for cats it means it's not gonna it's not gonna kill your cat it's not gonna completely hurt them uh but it's it's not good for them and it, this is a, a much longer list which includes pigs in blankets and of course you're gonna ask yourself well this is basically bacon and sausage so what's wrong with that well if you think about it um there's what we discussed earlier the potential spices that are in the sausage that you don't know about but then there's also the fat and salt content of that which is um you know not that bad in and of itself but if the cat gets into your pigs and blankets and eats a whole bunch of them that's far too much fat and salt for a little teeny cat uh and then there's the christmas ham so uh of course they can cats can have pork but again the christmas ham is going to have the extra little goodies in it that we love and it's also going to be incredibly high in sodium because it's not just going to be you're not just going to cook the ham plain and raw you know with nothing on it you're going to add a ton of ingredients to make it taste good so it's not it's unsuitable it's not toxic but it's not going to do anything good and then there's of course the you know cranberry sauce uh the gravy you already mentioned regular uh potatoes Yorkshire puddings are a lovely little thing if, if made right here in this country, which are like they're like a shell and it's like a bready type of thing. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but you, so you're going to have to Google it. But they're, they're really good if done right. If not done right, they're gross. Um, but again, not suitable for cats. Yeah. Stuffing, not suitable for cats. Cream, cheese, nuts, peas, carrots, parsnips, broccoli, and Brussels sprouts. So these are things um, that are unsuitable because they also could cause an upset stomach. So again, it's not, they're not on the toxic list, but you don't want to be giving your cat these things off the Christmas table right. for all of the reasons that we discussed here. So uh, right. thank you to our friends at Bella and Duke, uh, the pet food uh, company that makes raw pet food for cats, which is remarkable because they they uh, they mince it so it becomes like a pate. So it takes all the sort of risk and effort out of it. Uh, and of course, they're in a safe uh, facility. So it's not, there's no risk either of the salmonella or all these other things that people worry about because it's done in a 100% safe way from uh, their kitchen to your door. So it's, um, uh, so I really appreciate their email because they really added a a yeah. really good list and their list also has explanations for every one of these things about why so uh but i didn't want to take up the whole episode <laughs> no, that, sounds, like that. That, that sounds like a great list and and that's exactly why i just say you know err on the side of caution just mm -hmm. don't oh yeah definitely err on the side of caution because yeah. uh because table scraps Again, I say a dog people treat like a garbage disposal uh, after, you know, just feed it all the table scraps you got. Whereas a cat is a much more sensitive creature. So we got to be really careful and cautious about that. Yeah. So that's the food items around uh, the holiday seasons. Um, then, of course, we have the the my favorite part of the holidays i really shouldn't say that because that makes me seem like such a commercial you know consumer but it's of course the prezies the presents the gifts that we get uh because again 
regardless of the holiday, there, there you might have less or more presents. And of course, that's not the point of the holidays. But presents are a really fun part of the holidays. So presents include, you know, the stuff, the boxes. If you have children, there are toys, maybe with small pieces, puzzles. Uh, there's, of course, the wrapping and all that kind of stuff. So and then, of course, there's the process of wrapping them when you have scissors and tape and all that good stuff. So let's talk a little bit about presents, whether that's Christmas present, Hanukkah present, whatever. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that and uh, what we should do about that. Because uh, certainly the advice is not going to be stop giving presents. Because no, uh, no. we're not going to say that. We're going to give presents. I give presents to my cats. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, it's um, it's just keeping, making sure your cat get, doesn't get into things that she may find enticing. Um, again, cats love shiny things. So, some wrapping paper is metallic and shiny. Often the ribbons and the bows are kind of metallic and shiny. And, and cats are stimulated by movement. They're stimulated by, you know, things that look um, like they, they could be movable. So, you know, you think about a gift that's wrapped in a ribbon. If there's ends of the ribbon that can be moved, and the cat can kind of tap that ribbon with her paw. You know, that's something that we want to just be careful about because she's going to tap it with her paw and then the next thing she's going to try to capture it and bite it. So make sure, you know, ribbons, shiny things, those little bows that you can like, you know, they're sticky and you can stick them on top of the gift, all that kind of stuff. Again, you want to keep away from your cat. So if you have them under the tree, we've already talked about the barriers and ways to keep your cats away you're covered there. You could, you know, keep the gifts in a, a separate room that's off limit to the cat and you place them out, you know, when you know you're actually going to open them. So, you know, the main takeaway here is, and, you know, we don't want to be the Grinch that's still Christmas. You can absolutely have your gifts and enjoy them. Like just a little bit of um, preparation, make sure the, that your cats don't have access to um, things that they're going to find enticing and appealing. And definitely, Shiny wrapping paper, ribbons and bows are appealing to many cats. So keep them safe, keep them out of reach, and everybody will have a fun and happy time opening up the gifts. Yeah, and that's, and that's, of course, a good point. And you'll notice that in our discussion, we really focus on how to keep the cat safe, how to, how to basically adapt to the cat and how to, how to you know, <laughs> make sure that the cat's okay. Yeah. But let's also not neglect the humans in the equation. So we need to make sure that, you know, our presents don't get destroyed, ripped up and ruined before they're, they're presented to our recipient of our presents so that yeah. the joy isn't sort of, uh, you know, uh, taken away uh, from Christmas because of the little devil, uh, because they're not little devils, they're little angels, but they're naughty. They're naughty angels with a little attitude or catitude. So I think that uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we can do for, from the human point of view. So it's not just to keep the cat safe from sharp things or sticky things or whatever. How about keeping our presence safe from the cat? Yeah. And that's that's where, you know, one of my big suggestions is just choose a, a separate room, keep the gifts in there, close the door. It can be a closet. It can be a small bedroom. It can be any place where, you know, you won't have to worry. Everything's, you know, your cats remain safe. You get to open up presents that aren't covered, you know, that aren't torn to shatters. And, and you know, the, 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 the wrapping paper doesn't look like confetti. So everybody wins. Um, it's just, you know, 
it, it, a lot of it depends on your cat too. Like at the end of the day, everybody here knows their cats better than we do. And some cats just couldn't care less. Some cats, it's the soon as they see something, they're going to be right there checking it out. So a little bit of, you know, thinking about your own cat. But I find the easiest thing to do is just place the gifts in a room you decide is going to be off limits, close the door, end of story. And then you can bring them out when you're actually going to open the presents. And that way you're not constantly worrying and monitoring the gifts, you know, that could take some of the joy out of the, the time too. So a little bit of planning ahead and everybody will have a lovely holiday. Yeah, that makes that makes really good sense. And then and then our friend on Facebook says, uh, my kitties love to roll in the paper. And of course, yeah, we know about that. So yeah. if you're if you're in the process of wrapping your presents, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you might go through a little bit more wrapping paper than you would if you didn't have a cat just because the cats like to go and roll around in that stuff. Yeah. Um, that doesn't present too big of a danger to the cat, uh, nor does it present too huge huge of a nuisance to you unless of course you take it the wrong way and you don't <laughs> think it's cute then then maybe yeah um but yeah just be prepared and maybe buy an extra roll of wrapping paper because the cats do like that and you know my suggestion wouldn't be to absolutely prevent them from ruining even an inch of your of your wrapping paper because you know why we don't want it, the cat to sap the joy out of our holidays but we shouldn't sap the joy out of the cat's holiday because, I mean, you might buy a, pr a present for your cat, but I think the greatest gift you can give for your cat is to let it have some fun sure. uh, with what it likes, which is, of course, to roll around the paper a little bit and to, you know, go after those things that it thinks it shouldn't. Um, I, I was doing that today. I had uh, I had uh, one of my assistants over and we were we were threading um these uh, beaded bracelets that I have and it's because uh, it, they bust open and then we have to redo them. And Charlotte really likes the little elastane, the little elastic stuff yeah. that you do that you make these beaded bracelets out of. Uh, and she likes to play with that. And you got to watch out because what we don't want her to ever do is to swallow some of that. That would be not good. But she likes to play with it a little bit. So if we're very, very careful and all of that, then, you know, you got the little Charlotte on the table there and she's getting a little joy out of playing with the little elastic. And we're, we're careful to make sure it doesn't get swallowed or anything like that. Um, that's fine. You know, that's that's fun. You know, it would be it would be kind of, I don't know, a bit stuck up or whatever to, to not let her do that or ruin even an inch of this, you know, elastic stuff or whatever. But it's OK. She wants to ruin it. And, and I and I I'm pretty sure that part of the reason or maybe a big part of the reason that she loves that so much as opposed to the other toys is because she knows she's not supposed to do that that we're not we're not playing at this moment and so that little bit of naughtiness is something that you know cats like so give them some of that joy let them have some yeah. of that joy that's my message at least well, but yeah. and anything you know as long as you're when things are supervised you know that's fine a lot of the things we're talking about is you know we're not home or things are left unattended but if you're right there and you're supervising your cat and she wants to play with a, a piece of you know crumpled up um, wrapping paper and you know you're there i'm fine with that yeah, yeah. totally yeah. so you know the the holiday season at least here of course if you're in the other hemisphere if you're in australia right now it's summertime but if you're if you're here where we are it's actually the winter time and so um let's talk a little bit about 
the winter and the things that we should be aware of. Because I saw some cute videos. I saw some cute videos on, I think it was Instagram Reels or something like that. And it was a little little kitten going outside. And uh, oh no, it wasn't. It was it was this. It was it was it was uh, Glennis showing me a video about uh, on her phone about uh, like her neighbor or something like that. So anyway, the little kitten, little black and white tuxedo cat going outside. It's a bit snowy or frosty, not snowy, but like it was a bit frosty with some uh, frost everywhere. And the cat was like, Ooh, you know, shaking its paws and like, oh, it's cold. It's, now that was cute, right? But there's also a risk there. There's also a little risk with the cat's paws and the cat's, you know, getting a little bit too cold. Uh, yes, they're covered in fur and all of that, but we, we need to keep a few things in mind for the cat's safety as well. So my cats are indoor house cats, so I don't have too much much of that worry about the outdoors with them but for people who have cats who are outdoor cats who go out regularly and freely uh what should we keep in mind when it comes to the cold and the winter weather yep so if if it feels cold to your touch it's going to feel cold to their paw pads so just keep that in mind if you know if the ground is cold to you it's cold to them so again, you know, cats can survive outdoors, they live outdoors, but you know, the reality is in the wintertime, many cats do freeze to death. You know, cats who are feral cats are living outside. So, you know, the winter does pose real dangers. So if you do let your cat out um, in the winter, make sure they have, you know, a warm house, make sure they have some straw, don't let them stay out all night long, you know, a little bit of, um, a little bit of safety with the cold temperatures goes a long way because not all cats are equipped to, you know, be able to withstand that very, very, um, those very cold temperatures. Um, so um, cats really don't love having, you know, a sweater put on them or a jacket or something like that. So it's really up to us to kind of monitor, you know, if they do go outside. But just just realize that, you know, we think cats, you um, that cats can handle the elements. We think that they are used to being able to adapt to being outside. But the reality is a lot of cats do die if they're living outside or they spend too much time outside, you know, during the winter, it does get too cold for them. So, um, you know, if you do let your cats out, make sure you get them back in, you know, don't let them stay out for a period of time. And, um, and straw and warm houses are always a good idea as well. Yeah, so that makes that makes perfect sense that we need to keep in mind that because uh, I know a lot of people think that cats are, you know, perfectly safe outdoors. They have all this fur and, and all of that, but let's keep in mind that they have these naked paw pads at the yeah. bottom, yeah. and they're also not wild cat. They're not polar bears, you know, or penguins or anything like that. They're they're not adapted to the environment. And in fact, historically or you know back <laughs> evolutionarily, cats are more desert creatures than they are uh you know other climates the yes. tundra or the, or the so yeah. so it's they're not very well adapted to the extreme cold conditions so depending on where you are it might be colder you know of course yeah i mean i, I know people we love the photos of the big huge Norwegian forest cat perched on a on a fence. It looks like a sheep perched on a fence because it's so fluffy and in the snow everywhere, you know. But that's that's a 
that's another scenario. It's also just a photograph. Not sure how long the Norwegian forest cat can survive in the sub-zero uh, snow and ice-infested forest. Maybe it can. I, I don't think it's not. It's not going to last that long out there. Uh, they are loved animals who then go home into a warm home after the photo shoot. But the th <laughs> the thing is, is that uh, we need to keep that in mind. We need yeah. to keep them safe. We need to make sure they have access to warmth. Uh, if you find a stray or something like that, yeah, don't don't just assume it'll be okay. Maybe, you know, give it a little blanket that you don't care about and put it out there to keep it warm in the cold weather. Um, so and maybe even a little water, some food or something. So it's just uh, we need to keep that in mind that the weather is not made for cats and cats yeah. are not made for the winter weather. So yeah. just make sure you keep that in mind and be smart about it uh take your cute photos and videos but then make sure that your cat is safe and warm yeah, <laughs> af yeah. afterwards there's definitely uh, a feeling out there that cats can fend for themselves in, in every element but it's just not true it's just not 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 at this point cats have evolved like humans yeah. i mean it's yeah. it's they're, they're no longer independent of humans Correct. they're pretty much totally dependent on us now yeah. um and then there's the other thing is uh so i i took my uh holiday photos of the cats with a scarf or a little santa hat or whatever uh, a few years ago so i i don't pester them anymore with it because they don't some cats don't mind so much but most cats really don't like that some really hate it and so rather than you know stress them out by dressing them up i already have those photos i tried it okay and fine I, i'm not too worried about it so people do like to do that they do like to put a little you know sweater on a jumper on or something like that on the animal and take some cute photos um and like i said some cats don't mind it so much i don't know any any cats that love it uh and then some cats really don't like it and it's a source of stress and annoyance for them so what do you, what would you recommend there yeah i mean go by your own individual cat right i mean some cats will will be like oh there's a giant sweater and hat on me one's lunch like they couldn't care less <laughs> and other cats you know it's completely freaking them out and and your cat, cats are excellent communicators your cat is going to let you know very clearly whether she likes having these items placed on her or not so if you have a cat who couldn't care less and you're having a good time and the, the cat's like you know, whatever, go ahead and have a, a, have fun. But if you have a cat who's getting super squirmy, hissing, trying to get away, you know, you're just stressing out your cat for really no good reason than just to take a picture. So I would highly recommend not stressing out your cat so you can have that, you know, that picture to put on social media and, and, and let your cat be. So, you know, go, go with your particular cat's temperament, but I'm not a fan of stressing out a cat just to get a picture. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. That's kind of where I was going with that. Is yeah. you know, some cats is fine. Other cats, it's not. I did it. I tried it. They didn't <laughs> love it. They weren't super stressed by it. But now I just don't bother anymore because yeah. because I've got the photos. They're not perfect, but they're good enough. There's no need for me to get a you know try to win an award or something for these photos. It's fine uh, because the cats they just don't love it, and I don't need to add to to their stress. Not that they're stressed. I mean, they're, they're they, they they live a really good life, you know, really easy life. But I don't I don't want to introduce stress to them that they don't right. need. So there's there's one more thing before we end the show that I want to talk about because of course we talked about you know issues around Christmas and Hanukkah and all that, and um, 
then there is uh, the next thing, of course, which is going to happen before our next episode, which is New Year's. New Year's, of course, is a, a celebration. Uh, it's uh, fun. It involves alcohol, which is, of course, on our our no list for cats. It involves um, fireworks, which we talked a little bit about before, but let's talk about it again. But then... In between, there's something that bridges the two. So between Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's, there's something they all have in common, which not for everybody, not in, in my house this year, It's we're not having any guests. So there's friends and there's family. Uh, the holiday times, probably the presence is the least and more important thing of the holidays, although the most fun. And then sometimes the least fun, but the most important part of the holidays is the family. So let's talk a little bit about guests and family and having uh, not just a a small dinner, but having a big dinner or having a party or having many people over. Because certainly uh, there are many people that do Christmas. There are many people that do a New Year's party and there are many people that do both. So let's talk about that before we move on to specific New Year's issues. Yeah. So, you know, in general, cats are very sensitive to noise especially intermittent noise. They don't like that feeling when they never, they just don't know when the next loud noise is going to come from. So cats are sensitive to noise. Add to that, most cats are very nervous around strangers. So you have additional noise in your home, you have strangers in your home. This can be super stressful for your cat. So you really wanna make sure your cat has a safe place to hide. You know, make sure she has a place to go to that's quiet and it's not accessible. by other people um, and really make sure that your guests know that this room is off limits. Um, this room is not for the people. Your cat is in here. Put on a sign. You know, I'll, I'll make a little sign on a door, put it there. You know, do not enter cats in here, but um, let them have a safe place that they can retreat to. Mo- keep in mind that, you know, they're your family, they're your friends, but to a cat, you know, it's just a new person in the, in the house, um, especially if they don't come over that often. There's more noise, there's more smells, there's people coming in and out. These are all big stressors to a cat. So special room for your cat. Cat stays in there to the last guest leaves. And that's really the safest thing that you can do um, for your cat when you have people over. That's great. And you, you mentioned, of course, the smells as well. We talked about the smells with incense, with candles, with all that good stuff. And then, of course, the people also, because the people, they don't just smell. They, some of them pour on a ton of cologne or perfume or, or, or something like that. Eau de toilette, you know, they just bathe in it. My grandmother was one of those. She would bathe in it. And it was a vanilla uh, thing that she really liked. And you know what? It smelled really great, except on her, because she put so much of it on. It no longer smelled like a delicious vanilla. It <laughs> smelled like overpowering something. And so there's some people who who do that. Not everyone. Again, I I try to be judicious with it. I'll I'll put one or two little sprays on maximum. But some people I notice go, they just become fumigated with this stuff, <laughs> and that's going to be magnified in your cat. Because while you might be like, oh, wow, that's overwhelming. Uh, Uh, Your cat actually can taste everything that they smell and it's going to be very over. So it's going to be a hundred times more overwhelming for them than it is for you. So whether it's your aunt, uh, uncle, niece, nephew, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's perfume or or cologne or, or whatever, if it's 
so overwhelming much of it those people are going to cause you know distress to the cat simply by their their odor right. so, and we all have our own smells people might be coming to your party who have their own pets you know so you think of all these things that you know cats in general like predictability they don't like change they don't like surprises so when you have a lot of people over we have a lot of unpredictability we have a lot of change and we probably have a few surprises so keep those cats in a separate room and some smells <laughs> so yeah so that's 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 really great we have a comment that popped up uh, about my cat goes limp and that was regarding the uh costumes the, the sweaters or whatever that you put that some people put on their cats to take some holiday photos so that's a interesting one because if you're um i don't know your cat um but if your cat is just going limp does that mean that they're tolerating it that they like it or that they've gone into a complete abject apathy uh which is not a good state and they're just like uh it's like a they give up you know they're, they're they've lost the will to live i don't know which one that means without because we don't know your cat uh specifically but i'm sure you know your cat better than than anyone else so you'll know whether that means they're fine they're tolerating it they're like a ragdoll cat and, and they're 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 just fine they don't mind being manipulated like that uh or whether it's you know the other thing whether they're in a catatonic state because of it um so that's uh that'll be up to you probably to figure figure out unless of course you need a professional consultation with someone um i would suggest rachel reserves her things for people who really really are about to 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 give up on their cats uh versus someone who just needs a consult so you might want to call one of our other friends at the Cat Behavior Alliance or one of the other behaviorists that we love um, for a paid consult. But uh, with Rachel, it's generally for people on their last legs and it's, it's of course, unpaid. Uh, so, oh, okay. So, we, <coughs> excuse me. So we have an answer uh, to this, uh, whether the cats are doing it for what reason they're going limp and, and she says they, they hate it. So obviously in... in <laughs> In that case, probably don't. Uh, right. It would be Those our advice. Fear reactions cats have. They actually, you know, go limp and and kind of freeze, or they fight it. You know, the, and it's usually not too much in between. So yeah. 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 So that's so so they're 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 probably don't uh, do that again. So the last, the very last thing is the fireworks. So we we touched on the noise, the unpredictability and all that kind of stuff that upsets cats. So uh, so let's just close the show with a quick thing on fire. Because we, we, we reiterate fireworks on many holidays, every, you know, because it's really such an important issue. But New Year's is, of course, uh, probably the biggest fireworks celebrations that they have. And of course, the comment, they hate it, would also fit for fireworks. I don't know any cats that like fireworks. So yeah. so that's a good comment for that. <laughs> so what would you suggest when it comes to fireworks? Yeah, that, again, uh, it's, can the, do? it's the same thing. You know, you have the loud noise. They never know when the next bang is going to come. There's the light. So you get the noise, you get the light. It's all very, very scary for a cat. So first... Sometimes cats, when they're terrified, will bolt. So make sure your windows and your doors are secure because your cat doesn't want to leave you. It'll just be a reaction to the extreme fear. So make sure everything is, you know, your house is locked down when you know there's gonna be fireworks. Again, provide, you know, a nice quiet room for your cat to retreat to. Sometimes I'll suggest to people to have a radio on playing softly. So there's kind of like some calming noise going on, you know, that's a little more enticing to the cat than the big, you know, noise of the fireworks. 
So small room, um, keep it keep it dark, keep it calm, um, that the cat can go in and hide. And that, you know, and, and just make sure, be super duper sure there's not some place your cat can run either out of the house or run and hide in the house where they're going to get trapped because they're just so terrified. Um, some cats really respond well to um, to play during this time. They can get out their, their fear and anxiety. If you have a cat who responds that way to play, make sure that you can provide them with play. I love the idea of the radio playing softly, something to sort of um, de, you know, de-stress them while that's going on. You can also do things to desensitize your cats to noise. So if you know fireworks are coming up, and you know your cat is um, terrified, you can actually make a recording, an audio on your iPhone of fireworks, and you can slowly work on getting your cat used to that. So maybe at first you play it at a very soft level for five minutes. When that doesn't scare your cat, then you can up the volume a little bit and play it a little bit longer. When that doesn't scare your cat, you can up the, the volume even more and play it for a little bit longer. So you can get your cat kind of used to the noise, what I call desensitizing the cat to the noise. You know, when you present something to your, when you present something that's scary to your cat in small little increments, let it get used to one bit, then up it a little bit. When you present it so slowly like that, they kind of can get used to it and they won't be as terrified to, to the loud noises. So you can work on that um, as well if you, if you feel that would be helpful to your cat. Okay, that's cool. And then, and then, of course, there's the little things like uh, a fell away, feel away diffuser yeah. that you can put in, not the human diffusers that put toxins into the air that's actually killing you as well as your cat. That's a whole other, again, soapbox uh, uh, tirade I could go on. But the feel away diffuser, which just diffuses some pheromones into the air, those can be calming to cats sometimes. Some cats don't actually respond to it very much at all, but that's something to potentially consider. Or if you can't afford it, then there's the feel away spray, which Dr. Rachel mentioned to me the first I heard of it, is that they also have a spray that you can just use when and as and when needed. Yeah. There's other uh, other products as well, depending on what country you're in, that diffuse, some of them diffuse some essential oils, but that are cat safe and that are calming and actually uh, good for the cat and potentially for you too. Uh, for me, those don't work because some of them tend to cause me a reaction, but the cats like it, so uh, so I don't use those. Uh, but I tend to stick to the feel away. So there's that kind of stuff too, um, which is uh, worth, I think, worth trying and see whether that helps. So uh, so that's it. Yeah. So. That's all I wanted to talk about for the holidays because that covers everything from food to people to fireworks to Christmas, to your Hanukkah, candles, trees, presents, tinsel, and lights. So I think we've really covered it all as far as I can think of. So what do you, is there anything else you can think of? I think we've definitely covered all the bases. If anybody has any questions, I know they can always get in touch with either one of us. Um, and so, you know, enjoy your holidays, have a safe, happy holiday and have a safe, happy holiday for your cats as well. Thank you very much. Yes. And happy holidays to you. Happy New Year to you. We'll see you on the second Friday of January to catch up after that. Um, one last comment. Our friend on Facebook says, thanks. I learned a lot. And that's the whole point is we want to help you pick, pamper, and protect your practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love. And of course, part of that means learning stuff. I certainly learn something from Dr. Rachel every single time I speak to her. And that's why I love to share her world with 
my world with you guys, with you meow mentors. Also, we have another comment that says, thank you very much. Uh, uh, very informative. Excellent. Thank you for your feedback is always appreciated. Uh, your reviews on Facebook or on the podcast, leaving us a nice little review on Apple, all those kind of things, wherever you're listening to are helpful so that we can help more people uh, and more cats. Again, the cats being the priority. So thank you very much, Dr. Rachel. Um, I will see you in the new year. Happy new year. Take care, everybody.